Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rap Party, where we dive a little deeper into Sunday's message. Pastor Ray here with Pastor Taylor. What's up, guys? He continued our series, The Red Letters, where we're focusing on the words of Jesus to to learn from the great teacher. And so Pastor Taylor today unpacked Jesus' statement, I am the bread of life. Pastor Taylor, why don't you remind us about what you talked about? Yeah, so there is a series of statements, seven to be exact, where Jesus has, uh, he makes a statement, kind of a specific statement. Uh maybe even a loaded statement, if you will, that if you just read the statement for what it was, you would usually think, uh, well, that's weird. <laughs> you know, um, for example, next week, Pastor Luis is going to be teaching, I am the door. So uh, if you just hear that at surface level or face value, uh, it can it can be strange. But something I learned in, in this one out of John 6, I am the bread of life, is just really how deep it is. And there's a reason that chapter is that long. I think there's a reason, you know, that God knew exactly what he was doing. Even with the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, mm-hmm. it wasn't just to feed them, yeah. clearly. And uh, so we discussed that uh, there's three things that are revealed to us through Jesus's teaching, uh, primarily just in his teaching uh, that we read today in verses uh, 22 through 35. And that is Jesus creates a solution, but he also gives us a, or creates an issue, but then he also gives us a solution. And then it's ultimately our choice um, to live it, to, to live uh, in what that means. And, and so he talks a lot about belief and he talks a lot about eternity. And so it was just a lot to unpack, but very powerful nonetheless. Yeah, I, I like you know, you, you point out the issue and it, it's really having the wrong perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said, you said this phrase that really stood out to me. You said that um, they knew that Jesus could feed them. And so they pursued him. Right. And I think a lot of times that's how we can be also like, mm-hmm. we know the things that Jesus has done and the things that he can do. And so we're pursuing him for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a bad thing, but it's not the right. best thing for us, right. right? There's so much more to it. And so we need a perspective shift, I think, sometimes um, in, in how we're following Jesus and, and what our motives are behind doing that. So can you maybe talk a little bit about the difference between um, seeking the bread that perishes, which Jesus talks about, and seeking Jesus, the bread right. of life? So I'll use this as an example. Um, I think I shared it in the first service, but not the second. But a few weeks ago, we were talking at youth, um, and I asked them the question, and unbeknownst to me, wasn't even having this conversation in regards to John 6, but I said, I asked him, I was like, how many of you look at the stories when Jesus heals someone and his first response is like, hey, don't tell anyone? Because, and this is just an example of the perspective shift. It's like, because in my mind, I look at that and I say like, man, like that alone would get people to believe in him. So why is he telling them to be secretive or why is he telling them not to tell it? But then when you read this and that the very verse that we started with, it's like you seek me not even because you saw the sign, but because of what you got out of it. And uh, 
to answer your question, you know, using the example of Exodus 16, it's like the bread that perishes, you know, like I think we all go out life, go out through our lives looking for these things. And it's not always a bad thing, like you just Mm -hmm. said, but looking for these things to find contentment or satisfaction, but it only really lasts until something else happens. Um, And that's what Jesus is trying to get them to see. I think personally, his one goal was then to take off the worldly glasses or to take off their flesh glasses, if you will, and to view him through eternity. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't view Christ through eternity, then first off, you're never going to see him as God. Certainly not the son of God, but you're only going to really want what he can give you. It's like a one-sided relationship. And so that's what Jesus was trying to get them to see that if, you know, he uses the weird saying, like, if you eat my blood and drink my flesh, super barbaric, weird sounding. But Mm -hmm. if you really think about, like, he could only have meant one thing by saying that, and that is to consume me, not from the perspective of literally eating and drinking his blood and eating the skin off of his body. But what he's using that same uh, consuming analogy, and it makes so much more sense coming from the miracle of feeding the Mm -hmm. 5,000 to now this teaching. And he's saying, if you just know me and you consume me, meaning that you pursue me, you worship me, you live for me, you're obedient to me, then my flesh and my blood that I ultimately shed for you will then create an eternal satisfaction um, to where nothing on this world can touch you. So. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, um, you know, the, the signs and, and the purpose of the signs. The signs were to point to who Jesus was. And so I, I'm thinking of uh, the man that was lowered through the ceiling and Jesus healed him. Um, he healed him, he mm-hmm. says, so that they would know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins. Mm-hmm. So, so the healing was for us to understand Jesus has power to forgive. He even says, like, what's easier, to forgive sins or tell somebody to walk? You right. know? Sure. Um, and, and so we have these signs to point to who Jesus is. And I like what you said. Um, you said that you would, you would think that the signs would be enough, but it's almost as if the signs never happened once mm-hmm. um, once they became hungry again, you know? Right. And, and so um, he's he's using even the Old Testament, um, and the Pharisees are the ones that really brought it up. It was like, Moses gave us manna in the... In Called the, them in their own in trap, the, right? Yeah, in yeah. the uh, desert. What do you think of that? And he says, you know, that was bread that dies. Um, it was a sign to point to me, the true bread from heaven. So that's just, that's just really cool. Um, I like this last thought that you unpacked, you know, the, uh, what is it? The, the choice that we have to make to be satisfied. Um, and it, it really boils down to a belief, to a choice to believe that Jesus is enough, regardless of what signs he can perform, regardless of what things come into our life. Can you kind of unpack that a little bit? Like, what does it mean to be satisfied in who he is, not in what he can do? Uh, you know, I, I didn't, I've shared this story a, a bunch, but the best way I know how to explain that is through the birth of our first child, Olivia. 
you know, being told that we weren't going to be able to have children. And uh, we went through a season of prayer and fasting, and that was our prayer specifically, like, God, give us a child, you know. And I learned a lot from that. Years later, I realized that through that process, yes, in his faithfulness, we received the blessing of having Olivia. Um, but what I realized in that was that through that those prayers and through that pursuit, I knew God better. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're only focused on that, like I could have, and there's been time since then. I mean, we had a miscarriage after we had Olivia. And I can promise you then that during that miscarriage and through that pain and questioning, there were times where I forgot about his faithfulness and seeing Olivia at that point in her life walked me and she had just started talking. And, you know, so I I use that as an example because it's just so powerful in my life is that you can't focus on the blessing. And I think they even took it a step further because in that verse, he says, you're not seeking me even because you saw a sign, Mm -hmm. but you're seeking me from the false fulfillment that that sign gave you. Yeah. Right. And so it's the choice is, is that we're going to use that to not fulfill our faith or sustain our faith, but fuel it Mm -hmm. in a pursuit of who he is. And so, you know, we've heard this in a long time, like in the theology world that, you know, Jesus was either, a, you know, I forget the third one, but a liar or a lunatic. And you have to believe what, which one. And so, but that is a reality, especially now, man, like think about it. We don't see Jesus in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever seen God. And the only way we could say that that is true is through an experience. Yeah. Through the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's even wilder to say that all this is true, but that is your choice. God is not going to make that choice for you. If he did, then those people that saw Jesus feed the 5,000, then Judas seeing Jesus walk on water could have maybe turned his life around. You know, the, all these signs that, like I said, that the people of Israel the simple fact that they saw these 10 plagues happen and not a single one of them touched them, you would think like, but they just wanted the freedom, not God. And how far did that get them till the next issue arised mm-hmm. and God showed up? Like The same example that Michael told last week, they screw up, they get snake bit, God gives them a solution and they go right back to it. And it was this constant cycle even after they entered the promised land, always putting their foot in their mouth, always messing up. So the choice is, I think the choice is what lead, there's two choices really. The first choice is what leads you into the encounter. And that is believing that God is who he says he is. Because I don't know that you could experience God for who he is if you don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um. And I know that supernatural things happen, but then once that happens is the choice to pursue it. And so that's what I alluded to in that point. And just seeing Peter's response, where else are we going to go? 
to who are we going to go to? And this was even before Peter messed up. Like, I'm pretty sure that this was before Peter went back to fishing Mm -hmm. for a small moment or the other disciples did. This was before he denied Christ three times. This was like, forget thinking it's powerful that Jesus says that Peter on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And then he denies Christ three times. But like, this is way ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. And Peter's already like, this isn't even, and this dawned on me is like, this is two times now that Peter himself referred to Jesus as the Christ. This was before he said, well, who do they say that I am? Right. That had never dawned on me either. You know, but like he still royally screwed up and there were things that happened in his life where he could have easily went the other way. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen people, I guarantee people in that crowd that walked away, let shame lead them away. The same shame that Peter felt when he denied Christ three times same emotion he felt when Jesus came, rose from the dead and had that conversation with him was like, Peter, do you love me? Go do this. Peter, do you love me? Go do this. So it's our choice. If we're going to want to ex- not only experience God, but live for God, it has to be our choice. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's cool. Um, man, there's so much like we can unpack. Like I, I just, I can't get this whole idea of like the signs, uh, mm-hmm. out of my head. Um, yeah, I feel like I, I can just talk about the signs and how how everybody, they kept talking about, like, show us more, show us more. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm thinking of these Pharisees, like, they knew the, the scriptures front and back, but they still misunderstood. And so they were looking for signs of the Messiah. Um, even even John, uh, John the Baptist, he said, like, are you the, the Christ or should we wait for somebody else? And Jesus said... The blind see, the deaf hear, people are raised back to life. Like these are the signs that they were waiting for, and they still missed it. Mm-hmm. And I think about today, like um, you know, you have you have the the atheist or the skeptic, and they were like, if God would just show me that He's real, I would believe. It's the signs aren't enough. Like God could do the most miraculous sign ever, and people still won't believe in Him because it's not the signs; it's it's a relationship with the person of Jesus. And so, so signs aren't enough. They, they can fuel our faith, like you said, um, but it's Jesus, him, him who, it, it is who he is. That's what ultimately sustains us. That's the bread of life, the bread that gives us life, eternal life, life abundant. Um, it's just so amazing, the, the difference between the sign and the Savior. And, and for people that might be saying, like, you know, I'll believe in Jesus if he shows me another sign like Jesus has already given us the sign Mm -hmm. he was raised from the dead Um, do yourself a favor if you're on the fence and you don't know what to believe or if this is real study the resurrection of Jesus because there's good evidence that he really did raise from the dead and if he did that then he is who he said he was and that's the only sign you need and I'll add to that and say like if you are skeptic like Hear me when I say this, like I am naturally a skeptic. Yeah, me too. I know even after I got saved, there were times where I was like, yeah, this, yeah, I don't know. You know, and it took pursuit. It took experience. It took um, knowledge of the word and understanding for what it says. But even if you strip all that away, 
Like, what do you have to lose? Yeah. You know, if, if we're wrong, you're in the same boat. Yeah. But don't miss the opportunity that you have to see that you were created by a creator who loves you and even in the spite of your sin gave his life for you so that you could spend eternity with him. Yeah. It's a good word. I think we got to leave it there or else we go all day. Um, <laughs> but thanks again, Pastor Taylor, for yes, bringing sir. the word this morning. Really do appreciate it. And um, if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to the whole message, give it a listen now. It really will bless you. Um, we're praying for you. We love you. But for today, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.